0: Hi, everyone. My name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie Green it's stewing. And you're listening to the Super Lip Podcast.
1: GarageBand sucks. <laughs>
0: Overlip Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, Sophie.
1: Hi.
0: Honk, honk. No clowns here. What? (laughs) Just clowns downstairs in the box.
1: There's clowns. I'm clown.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. One clown present. Yeah. (laughs) One clown checked in. This week, we're talking about The Blade Between, which is by Sam J. Miller, and I... (laughs) You f- you obviously finished this book.
1: I did, and I actually just left my notebook in the other room. B R B. Go
0: get it. While you do that, I'm going to read the book sleeve. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> a frightening and uncanny ghost story about the rapidly changing city in upstate New York and the mysterious forces that threaten it. Ronan Zabezi promised himself he'd never return to Hudson. The sleepy upstate town has no place for the restless gay photographer, but his father is ill and New York City's distractions have become too much for him. He hopes that a quick visit will help him recharge. Ronan reconnects with two friends from high school, Dom, his first love, and Dom's wife, Atala. The three former misfits mourn what their town has become, a place overrun by gentrifiers and corporate interests. With friends and neighbors getting evicted and a mayoral election coming up, Roman and Atala craft a plan to rattle the newcomers and expose their true motives, but in doing so, they unleash something mysterious and uncontainable. Hudson has a rich, proud history, and it turns out the real estate developers aren't the only forces threatening its well-being. The spirits undergirding this once-thriving industrial town are enraged. Ronan's hijinks have overlapped with a bubbling of hate and violence among friends and neighbors, and everything is spiraling out of control. Ronan must summon the very best of himself to and shed his demons to save the city he once loathed. <laughs> this book is fucking wild.
1: This book is great. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was I was enthralled. Enthralled. Yeah, I could people would be like, "Oh, what are you reading?" I'm like, "I can't describe it to you."
1: It cannot be described.
0: No. I, and that's
1: the podcast. And Goodbye. that's <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: No, I uh I think my the first note I had was that like a the setting is written in such a way that I'm like, oh yeah, like I feel like I'm there. Mm-hmm. I thought it was described really well. For I've never been to Hudson, mm-hmm. um, but it felt like the description was right. Like I don't, sure. It, yeah, I actually look in the author's note. He actually went back to Hudson. He's from Hudson, mm-hmm. and it sounded like they stayed there during the time when they were writing it. That makes so sense. like it feels right. It felt like it was like I could walk around Hudson and not, not know where it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it felt right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good writing in that aspect, because it didn't feel like I, it was, like, too much description of the place, but it was, like, just enough that I could, like, picture, like, <laughs> please don't laugh, the town of, like, Once Upon a Time. Storybrook? Yeah, storybrook, but, like, what I'm imagining is, like, that, like, those, like, storefronts, like, like, one main strip of,
1: mm-hmm. like, the,
0: the town... That's kind of, like, what I was imagining, this, like, yeah. sleepy town that, like, has some, like, antique shops. Right. Um, there's, like, a diner down the street that also is, like, a, you know, like, a sleepy, like, a hotel, if you will. Uh-huh. That's, like, what I started imagining uh-huh. when I started, like, reading the book.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense.
0: Yeah. Thank you for t- reminding me with the name <laughs> of Storybrooke. I never forget
1: about Storybrooke. You
0: can't. You is should. It's Once
1: Upon a Time podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just f- drove through a lot of, like, upstate New York to come coming down through, like, from Vermont. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, like, that is kind of, like, what I was picturing.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I think that's, like, what I immediately imagined when I thought of the book. the <laughs> The town slowly, like, becoming more and more just, like, wildly unhinged mm-hmm. was kind of... Astounding to read. I kind of loved it.
1: It was great. It
0: was, I would not want to be involved in that, but it was great to read about.
1: Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> you love chaos.
1: I love chaos. I love chaos and I love, uh, an angry, uh, presence. I love a spooky haunt who's out here oh my to God, destroy, yeah. uh, the patriarchy. 10 out of 10.
0: I love that grinder was used for its true intention. Evil. D-
1: destroy white men? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I just feel like so many of the different like quote unquote utensils were being used correctly. Um, the like the tools. The utensils. Don't, don't laugh. The like the tools. Just like truly being like a messy gay and using grinder in like the worst way possible. It just like so much of it just like it felt like a TV show. It was great. <laughs> oh no. You wouldn't know anything about that.
1: I wouldn't know anything about that.
0: No, not even once. I don't watch T V. No. <laughs> what what's your first note there?
1: Oh, I did have I love the the Tinder Frankenstein man.
0: Um the but, Frankenstein like Tinder grinder every dating app man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't done that. Just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just like try to Photoshop a human. Just like take different Go full, just, like, how do I take the different pieces of people, like, uh-huh. like physical, like, attributes, like, their pictures, and then, like, reasonably form them into a human that looks like they're real? Yeah. Fascinating.
0: And Using it per- that design degree. I kind of love it. Also, I love that he, just the way he turns out, mm-hmm. just breathtaking. <laughs> the worst evil on this planet.
1: A gay man. Yeah. yeah. They're You're worst, not included in that statement. They're
0: evil. <laughs> there are worse evils.
1: Uh, my first note is actually there's like a part in the beginning where Ronan is like coming. He comes back to Hudson for the first time, and he's like trying to remember all of the stores that were there when he was like last there, and like all of them are either empty or or have been like replaced by some kind of like trendy something or other. Mm-hmm. And he describes the buildings as like corpses. That have been like hollowed out, and I just thought that was really fucking. Oh, like cool. the rotting
0: teeth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I love this book a lot. <laughs> this yeah. is good. This is good horror. This yeah. is what horror should be. It's just gently, but not even gently, very uh, un-gently veiled like allegories for social issues. And mm-hmm. It was very good, and I, I loved every second of it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, the conversations about gentrifying in New York mm-hmm. um, and upstate and like definitely like living in Philly, I've seen like areas that like were not like super built up and now they have those stupid McMansion apartments in them.
1: I hate them. the gentrified buildings. Are yeah, gross. they're so
0: ugly too.
1: They're ugly. They're built there because they're cheap and easy to knock down whenever people want to replace them with whatever kind of, like, business needs to be replaced there mm-hmm. for whatever kind of real estate mogul... Yeah. ...who wants to own the city and push people out of it. Yep. I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I love living in a city.
0: Sounds like you don't.
1: I do actually love it, yeah, but yeah, it's say. a nightmare Yeah. also.
0: Um. I think also... I think, like, the mix of characters that are in there and the mix of, like, uh, points of view Mm -hmm. were really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And as the book goes on, it's, like, more mixed. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was really, really interesting. I didn't know how it was going to turn out when it started going back and forth. Mm -hmm. But I think it was done in such a way that it was easy to grasp when, Mm -hmm. like, as you get into the book... That, like, the POV is switching. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the book, I thought that for some reason that this book took place in the past.
1: Well, the beginning of the book starts yeah. off with, like, a preface that's basically describing, like, how Hudson was, like, a whaling town when it was originally founded. hmm So you kind of get, like, this backdrop of, like, an industrial town that was basically used for all of its like material gain that it could be used for yeah which was like a really damaging um industry for the environment because like it was whaling
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then kind of how it that like it's just kind of abandoned and that's just kind of this like ominous energy that's like over the town mm-hmm. in like the modern sense because it's obviously no longer used for that but like all of the bones of the city are still kind of that because, like, even places that, like, have been gentrified, like, all of the factories and stuff that, like, are in, like, Philly Mm
0: -hmm. or,
1: like, most, a lot of cities, like, they're just, like, loft apartments now. But it's, like, oh, yeah, this used to be, like...
0: The button factory.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, this used to be, like, an industrial town where people literally would, like, probably die in factory accidents in the 20th century and Mm -hmm. were like, just trying to, like function in a new world, and now they're trendy apartments for youths.
0: Yeah. Like, that school that... I mean, that's, like, everywhere. The school that Joy was talking about, that is... Oh, yeah, the school has
1: been converted into apartments. But that... Yeah, that one is... I'm a little less annoyed at just because they like at least using the actual like building and not yeah. just tearing it down for condos. But true. I think it was like an interesting way to like set the tone because you get like an ominous energy right away. Mm-hmm. But I also was like thrown off because I was like, oh, this I is going to Yeah, <laughs> in the like past or we're going to mm-hmm. have some kind of like spirit or energy that's like projected, which like we kind of do. But then I think like the first chunk is, like, the character just describing... It's just Ronan, like, describing himself on the train. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then he, like, talks about, like, pulling out a cell phone. I was like, wait, hold on. (laughs)
0: What century are we in? Wait a minute.
1: Hold on, go back. Did I miss something?
0: Yeah, no, I had to flip back and forth just to make sure I, like, didn't miss something. But Mm -hmm. I think after that, it, like, quickly becomes apparent. Like, it's the 21st century. It's current times. Yeah, it takes
1: place. It's modern.
0: Also, I think it was interesting reading about... Um, like, queer people in their, like, their, the middle of their life, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, the main character is in his, like, late 30s. I think he, maybe his 40s. I feel like I at one point 40s. they described, yeah, he's, like, describing him and his, all of his friends as being, like, in their 40s. So, like, he's yeah. very much, like, I think that's also, like, a different experience, probably, is, like, coming back to, like, a city that you grew up in, in, mm-hmm. like the 80s i guess then that would place them um into like kind of like a modern like town and he's like usually describes the like people who were encroaching on the space as hipsters yeah so it's definitely has like the energy of stuff they like talk a lot about at one point about like the different neighborhoods they're like well look what happened to like bushwick and look what happened to like brooklyn and stuff it's a very like new york based book yeah it's a very east coast which was good, because I knew what the fuck was going on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I read something it felt- about the
1: West Coast, and I'm like, I don't know. These sure, things. yeah. Probably. Yeah.
0: Someone could say, like, California is next to Utah.
1: Texas. And I'd be
0: like, yes. They're right on top they're of
1: They're next to each other, right?
0: Yeah. After, I mean, they, like, kind of are, but, like... After
1: Ohio, it's just, like, one big chunk of land.
0: Yeah. <laughs> chunk <laughs> chunk in, in the front.
1: Chunk in the front.
0: Yeah, I... I I do like that it was broken up into parts, too. Oh, yeah. Because I think that really helped, like, set... Each part, like, had a... I don't want to say theme, but, like, there was a major, like... I don't know, story arc in it, maybe? Yeah. That's the best way to describe it? When, it, when I got to the thing that said part two, I was like, oh, parts. Okay, cool. Into that. Mm-hmm. I think it's four parts altogether. I could be wrong.
1: I think it's just three.
0: Is it three? What me see. say?
1: Unless part four is, like, the very, very end.
0: I think it's three, and I'm just exaggerating. That's fine. But I also like that Ronan is the only one that gets, like, titled chapters.
1: Well, he's also the only character that you get uh, first-person perspective and, like, his inner Mm monolog Which I think, it threw me at first, but I think is, like, a really interesting thing because he's, like, the only character at the beginning and kind of mostly throughout the book that has, like, any connection to... I guess I'm gonna say like the uh the other plane that's oh, like yes, in the this spirit, book because the dream there's, scene. yeah, there's like um he sees people that like he sees ghosts, he feels like he can feel like ominous presence. Mm. There's like he keeps seeing like whales flying through the sky. Yeah. And it's like this experience where at first he kind of like he's he has like a dream about something, and he wakes up and then he, like, asks Dom if he also, like, has that dream. And it's, like, pretty clear that he's also experiencing that. But he's, like, a little yeah. bit more. He, like, kind of rejects that as, like, something. But then you, like, as you go further into the book, he starts to, like, ex- have, like, waking dreams, basically. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting, too, that they, like, talked about it briefly. That, like, when they were younger, they also used to, like, kind of, they used to share dreams. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like something that is like new but is like m- something that's definitely like anchored to Hudson specifically like the location.
0: Yeah because he said he didn't dream like at all when he lived in New York right. like New York City I should say. Right. But when he's back in Hudson that's when he has the dreams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I really like how like magically spooky the town is especially because the radio host.
1: hmm
0: I like that depending on who's listening to her
1: mm-hmm.
0: is what song is being played
1: mm-hmm. or who it's that. by yeah,
0: or who the broadcaster is mm-hmm. because at, there's a point in the book where it's a completely different broadcaster mm-hmm. but it's the same thing that was just playing mm-hmm. so it makes me think that like maybe that radio host is also a ghost
1: for sure ghost radio love it radio for roscoe yeah um <laughs> I don't think I watched if that. If anyone got that reference, yeah. let me know. Um,
0: Let's <laughs> know <laughs> in the comments. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
0: I think there's a lot that was done really well with this book that made it really enthralling. I think also the pacing is something that was nice. Because the pacing
1: it, is so good. I
0: think the pacing is like, oh yeah, I'm on a roller coaster. I'm on a roller co- Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, okay, we're on King Ka. I'm just going right to the top.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want to go right to the top. <laughs> and then you go all the way to the bottom, yeah. screaming. The last, like, 40 pages are... Hurt. Oh, trip. Truly. Um, it escalate it like escalates really quickly, but I think that like lends itself really well to kind of the like allegory that's in the book because mm-hmm. there's so much tension that's being built throughout the whole book between yeah. like like the interpersonal relationship between the characters and then also like there's a mayoral race and like they don't like the guy who's running for mayor cuz they don't they think he's going to try to basically like sell out the city. So there starts to be this like tension building of people like wanting to push back against that. Mm-hmm. And um the book ends with like I mean, I'm not going to like describe the ending of the book, but you basically get like like a such like a buildup of tension and stuff that you Mm -hmm. almost have, like, kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it without spoilers, but it's, like, the same kind of tension that exists in, like, modern cities that are being gentrified, where you have, like, the public who's, like, pushing it back against either, like, an individual who is usually, like, a politician or, like, a just, like, kind of a faceless, like, political entity, and Mm -hmm. then you kind of just get this, like, uprising to the point where, like... The only solution is to like have like a riot or like kind of like violence. Yeah. So I think that that lends itself really well to this kind of story because it is like kind of a fantastical realism that's in the book that Mm -hmm. like you get the, you get the, the tension that's building because the city is being like, is kind of in this like, limbo space of like what's going to happen to it if it's going to be like fully gentrified and basically like sold to real estate and like be flipped or if they're going to try to like maintain the like history and the culture of the city
0: but Mm -hmm. you also
1: like as the reader know that there is like a secondary like ominous like paranormal presence that's also like has an agenda and is like contributing to a lot of it so it's like a really interesting balance of like it feels grounded in reality, but it also has like spooky ghosts who are trying to take down the government. Also,
0: yeah i <laughs> I don't know how anyone could trust anyone in this aspect because the I ghosts have an agenda, don't. the people have an agenda, Ronan has an agenda.
1: Everyone has an agenda.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've had a book that we've read that has this kind of like relationship type in there.
1: No, I don't think so. So, yeah, so there is Atala and Dom who are married, Mm -hmm. and then Ronan and Dom who had, like, a relationship when they were younger. I don't know if they were, like, dating or if they just, like, were both closeted and, like... Or Dom is closeted and Ronan was out and they, like, had a relationship.
0: It sounds like it's that.
1: And then when he gets back into town, they're, like, still friends. They have, like, a really, like, um a menial relationship, but they also like still obviously care about each other. And then when like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Dom, like is like, it's okay. We're in an open relationship. So he has like a deal with a taller where he, they can like date whoever they want. Yeah. But he's like, as long as we don't talk about it, which I think is like a really that sounds- shitty bad way to have an open relationship. Yeah. I understand that impulse, but I feel like to be like, You're not allowed to know anything.
0: Yeah, that's That's how fights happen, which is a thing.
1: That's how you anger a ghost (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) and a live person,
1: and I guess yeah. But yeah, so there is like tension there where, Mm -hmm. and that's you. I mean, you do like it. I don't know. It it's like kind of frustrating, but it also is like yeah. I think that's how people handle their relationships sometimes. So yeah. It felt realistic.
0: I think another thing that felt realistic was every town has a Trini in it.
1: Every town has a Trini, yeah.
0: Every town must have.
1: (laughs) Every town must have. One Trini.
0: One Trini. Listen, don't like that that woman, but at the same time... Love it. Love her. Love her. (laughs) She's the worst.
1: Love her. But
0: (laughs) absolutely have to stand. (laughs) I I think that... The characters in this book are just like really well formulated and mm-hmm. I think they're like they're <laughs> they're like toxic traits slash like they're like very human na- like it seems really real and I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Especially for a book that has such a fantastical nature. Yeah. Um I tried describing like the whale um entities mm-hmm. to Kara yesterday. Mm-hmm she's like, the whales are gay? I was like, no, I mean, they could be, but the main character is, like, a queer person. She was like, oh, okay, I thought this was about whales. I was like, no, well, I mean, yes, but also I'm describing this really poorly, I guess.
1: The whales are gay?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which I just thought was funny. Um, Wait, then whales are gay?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the book does a really good job of having all of the characters feel really grounded, realistic, mm-hmm. but also, like... The more, like, influence that the paranormal elements have on the characters, the mm-hmm. more, like, cartoonish and, like, exaggerated their, like, worst features become. Yeah. To the point where, like, towards the end of the book, you have some characters that are basically just, like, a caricature of, like, a villain or, like, a, or, like the worst version of, like, a politician and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you have, like, kind of an exaggerated form, but... I think, like, generally, it functions really well as kind of, like, more subtle subtle character traits, and it's only when, like, you're really at the climax of the book that things yeah. start to get completely out of hand.
0: Yes. <laughs> like, truly out of pocket.
1: Everyone's out of pocket in this way.
0: Everyone ripped the pocket out of their pants that There's day. There's no
1: pockets in Hudson. No. Yeah, no, I think this book is really... I think if you're looking for kind of, like, a spooky horror, it definitely has violence in it, and it definitely is um, a little bit gruesome, but Mm -hmm. it has, like, a really good tension, and I think it's, like, very well orchestrated and kind of feels... Like, everything feels purposeful. There isn't, like, a point in the book where I felt like anything that was, like, violent that was happening felt unnecessary or anything that was, like, gruesome that was happening to a character, like, felt like it was just kind of there as, like, a shock value. Mm -hmm. I think, like, everything that happens had a purpose and, like, had a reason to exist in the story. And that's what I really, I think, liked about this. Because I feel like my main issue with a lot of horror in general, like, books and movies and TV shows, is, like, I don't mind if things get, like, gory, because it's kind of, like, inherent to to horror or if things get uncomfortable. But when the, like, you're no longer doing anything that has, like, a purpose, you're just trying yeah. to, like, shock the audience and get, like, a reaction, that's when it just becomes, like...
0: Bad f- horror. Flat.
1: Yeah. yeah. The, then you just, like, have, like, basically just, like, a hollow, like, shock value. And it's, hollow like, Man? Well, that's just a bad movie, but, Oh, no, I was just saying, like, a um, Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think everything felt purposeful and everything had a meaning, so I don't think that... But it did. It definitely was a little bit intense.
0: Yeah, no one is like safe. I think in this in any way, mm-hmm. um, and I tr- truly mean that no one is safe. Mm-hmm. And when they introduced Wick, like the one kid in the story, mm-hmm. or like any any child that was introduced, or like someone talking about like, oh, I need to have a clean drug test so I can have my kids back. I was like oh, God, is something going to happen to these kids? Like, it just... Because in horror movies, that's just, like, something I think about. I'm like, okay, this is mostly adults. Oh, there's a child involved now?
1: Yeah. Bad. Well, that, yeah, I think that is, like, kind of what I was saying, too, is, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times in horror, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, the kid is going to be in trouble because that's, like, the emotional... That's mm-hmm. a shorthand for, like, a very easy, like, emotional ma- manipulation of the audience is to have yeah. something happen to a child or, like, an innocent character. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that, uh, like, any, but that doesn't, but, like, I don't think anything that happens in this book feels like it's purposely done just to be like, haha, fuck you. Yeah. No, I it you, doesn't. I made you sad. Yeah. Even the, um. the
0: really bad things that do happen to the characters, like, yeah. Uh, I, I was, like, gobsmacked by some of the things that went on, but I was like, oh, wait, the plot, when it gets to those points, it explains itself in a way. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm um i was just like surprised at how much i really like this book
1: yeah i really i loved it
0: i'm not like a huge fan of like spooky horror things because i get startled very easily Mm -hmm. um but i also really do like reading them yeah um which is why i usually gravitate towards the white ones because maybe they won't be scary because
1: they're not gonna actually be scary Yeah. yeah
0: but i mean they still are i mean like teenagers in horror movies get murdered all the time and that's still terrifying
1: yeah, but like, Scream's not like a YA movie.
0: <laughs> no, but it has YA in it. No, it <laughs> young adults.
1: They're all thirty.
0: <laughs> Sydney Prescott was just going to remedial school.
1: How old was Matthew Lord when they filmed that? He's definitely like twenty-eight.
0: They're all in remedial school. I think actually, I the
1: only character, I think the only, car- only actor that's in that that was actually a teenager might have been Nev Campbell.
0: Might, I I'm think not so. sure, but
1: I'm pretty sure everyone else was at least in their twenties.
0: Yeah, because she looked like a she's like a, a teenager. I think she's like yeah. eighteen. Um... Anyway, <laughs> everyone's Billy Madison. <laughs> they all have to go back to school to get their um, graduate degree I was or like, whatever. You
1: mean Billy Loomis? What are you talking no. about? I got
0: um, it. I got
1: there eventually.
0: Yeah, it was a bad joke, but yeah, no i I think this is just like such a wacky magical book that, like, I'm I would like to know how this came to be. Like um, how how did what did Sam J. Miller? like what what was the thing that like inspired this?
1: I think gentrification.
0: Well, I mean like the the <laughs> whale entity, like all of that stuff. Obviously the gentrification is inspired by the gentrification, the actual gentrification of Hudson. They actually right. talk about that in the author notes. And
1: I think I mean I think that's like just like a really beautiful way of kind of yeah. giving a visual representation for how like, industrial towns are, like, yeah. exist in the modern world.
0: Well, yeah, and this, um, in the author's notes, he talks about the actual, like, people who are trying to fight against Hudson being, like, gentrified. hmm And, uh, he's like, they, the, the... Rebel fighters would not at all behave in the way that the people in this book have.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are also... There's... Everyone's got their own individual trauma mm-hmm. on top of the current trauma that's yeah. being placed upon them by supernatural beings <laughs> on top of the trauma that's happening because... In actual
0: of, Hudson? Because
1: of the political unrest that's in the city. So it's yeah. just like trauma on trauma on trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a trauma parfait. A
0: and, trauma parfait. Yeah. I have to leave. drama <laughs> parfait.
1: Lady Fingers, followed by <laughs> some vanilla no. custard, and then beef sauteed with peas and onions, and then another layer of Lady Fingers, and then trauma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did somebody order a drama parfait? Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh I would like to know more about like the whale like the uh, the the entities and also Tom.
1: I don't think I need to know anything about Tom, but...
0: just What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, I'm astounded by it. Astounded? Yeah. It's,
1: have, it was good. I think yeah. I might have to find more. I might have to read more of his books. He's, this is not his first novel. He's written a lot. Yeah, can he's... You can tell. It's, um, like, very well written.
0: Yeah, Blackfish City was another book. That he is a Nebula Award-winning author of *The Art of Starving*, an NPR Best Book of the Year, and *Blackfish City*, a Nebula Award finalist, and, <laughs> and a John W. Campbell Award winner.
1: Okay.
0: Um, recipient of the Shirley Jackson Award and a graduate of Clarion Workshop. Oh wow! Yeah, he lives in New York City. Yeah, this that is. Makes sense. I think this is a really great book for this time of year because it it's not necessarily like. A Halloween book, but it takes place in, like, the fall going into the winter, it seems. Yeah. Because it, it snow do be fallen.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, upstate New York in mm-hmm. this kind of time of year is you get, like, cloudy gross weather and then mm-hmm. snow and kind of, like, just overcast all the time. Everything's And people cold. leaving
0: New York said you to look at the leaves turn.
1: <laughs> yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I didn't know anything about Hudson other than, like, the Hudson River went through there. Yeah. Because I haven't really thought about upstate New York before. But I feel like I, if... I think... I think New York or Hudson was, a, a, like, an actual whaling city.
1: No, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that I didn't know sense. that.
0: I don't think of, like, because of the river, I guess. Yeah. I don't think of that being, like... But I guess it, can, it does connect. Well, I
1: mean, I think the way we think about, like, New York City is, like, yeah. so modern. Because it was, like kind of turned into a city I'm gonna say I'm not an expert but I'm gonna say like sooner than other things because mm-hmm. I mean it's been New York City for so long but yeah. I mean it it's a coastal like part of the the country so like yeah at one point was I'm sure was like a I mean they still you do like you can see like those huge shipping crates and stuff if oh, you're yeah. like out like um
0: perfect example of that one getting stuck in that canal
1: yeah exactly so it's just i mean stuff doesn't go necessarily like directly through new york city anymore but like you still have like the industrial parts of the city and like stuff like that so Mm. it's still very much kind of like that kind of hub but i think like it really was like the turn of the century like something that was used explicitly as like an industrial town that like a lot of like working class people lived mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff like, cause you wouldn't want to, if you're rich and fancy, you wouldn't want to live in a dirty city.
0: No, you want to live in a nice,
1: you want to live in like a really nice, like well-kept country home or something. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. Do you have any other notes that you wanted to say? No. Yeah. I feel like, I we think because everything. I was so like enthralled by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Not that it, like I went in thinking it was going to be like not a great book. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just always very wary of like spooky things. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> this shit slaps.
1: Joke's on you. I'm going to make us read spooky books into <laughs> November
0: too. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I had a great time reading it. And I had like, I know I'm enjoying a book when I'm reading it. And I'm like, ah. Oh, shit, cliffhanger on this chapter. I have to keep going. Yeah. Like, that kept happening. Yeah. Um, I feel like I usually need, like, a good amount of time to read a book. This is almost, like, 400 pages.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It took me three days. Yeah. I was surprised. Like, I started this late. I did not think I was going to finish in time. hmm I finished, I think, Tuesday night. Because it's Thursday now?
1: It's Thursday.
0: Yeah. I finished this, like, Tuesday night yeah, instead of much. going to bed. <laughs> I had an enjoyable time. Also, like, the, the art... On this is like really interesting. This is really like graphic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the way that like graphic like bad, but like it's just like a really visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing the thing on the podcast Twitter where I like started um, like labeling like books as songs. Mm-hmm. And I did this one, the orchestral intro to Plastic Beach by the Gorillas. Mm-hmm. Because I just like how it's like. Very, like, beachy, but, like, aquatic, but it's also, like, concerning and sad sounding. mm mm-hmm. um, I figured that was a good one. Do you have an idea of what a good song would be? I was at Plastic Beach originally.
1: Put me on the spot.
0: I know, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I can't think of a t- song off the top of my head, but I think it would have to be some kind of, like, Spooky gothic folk, or something like that. Something okay. that's got some kind of energy to it. I can feel that. I'll think of something.
0: I picked that song because I just felt like it was very, like, I like that it had to deal with the water, but also because of the sounds. But I think also because it, like I said, it's like a con- almost like sad, concerning mm-hmm. song. Um, and I was listening to a lot of it on the way home from work and it just like stuck with me and i was like oh this kind of like feels like this would work here mhm but yeah i think that's everything i wanted to talk about mhm i think the character is really interesting i think the book is really interesting um it's a crazy premise but in like a great way yeah go on and get this this damn book it's great
1: absolutely
0: absolutely Mm-hmm.
1: mhm <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about the book. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the ending, but I want to no. talk about the ending. No,
0: we need to talk about the ending. Yeah. You guys need to read the book.
1: Read the book. It's, it's like, beautiful and sad, and yeah. also, like, fascinating, and you'll be able to read it in, like, two days.
0: Yeah. You won't be able to put it down. Yeah. All right. This is the Super Late Podcast. My name is Brendan Patrick. This is Sophie Green. We're talking about The Blade Between by Sam J. Miller. hmm And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. all sound <laughs>